Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Welcome to the Delicious Podcast Extra Portion. The bits of the interviews left over from the monthly podcasts that are just too good to waste. This week, Samaya Usmani tells us about food from her homeland of Pakistan over a venison ticker in her holiday cottage in the highlands of Scotland. So basically, since I'm on holiday, I pretty much bought my staples, which was coriander seeds, cumin, um, Kashmiri red chili, which I love because I think it has a hint of heat, but a lot of color and flavor. Mm. And um, I think there's just some browned onions, coriander, fresh coriander leaves, lemon juice. Um, and that was it. And some oil. And I just sort of thought, you know what, the first thing that you need to think about when you're cooking venison is that you've got to get it tender. Yeah. Because you know how it just is yeah. the toughest meat. And the fact that you need a wee bit of oil, because if you don't have anything oily in it, it dries out completely. So there's a bit of olive oil in there. Um, but yogurt, Greek yogurt, mm. can't fail. For how long? Probably an hour. Mm. Yeah, not more than an hour, maybe hour, 15 minutes. But um, thankfully, we got the barbecue going, <laughs> which meant that it cooked well and it got nice char grill flavor. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so basically, you can take any meat and put it in the yogurt marinade and it will become that tender. Mm. I think the yogurt and something that I kind of learned as it, in my childhood was always making lots of browned onions. That, you know, some of the stuff mm. that you had in the rice. Mm. I, could, I didn't have red onions, but usually when you use red, no, those are red onions. But normally if you use red onions and cook them in vegetable oil, you get them really, really crispy and then make them into a paste. They're a great marinade base and what they do is add a lot of umami flavor but also marinate the meat to make it soften it yeah and in pakistani food and in indian food you use a lot of mutton don't yes. you do you do the same with the marinade uh, yeah i mean we lose a lot of mutton we use a lot of goat um, and in pakistan you use loads of beef so um that we normally marinate the meat for quite a long time normally overnight uh, a lot of people love to uh, barbecue in Pakistan, definitely. A lot of barbecue culture. So loads of going outside, and you know, because the weather's nice, yeah. so you just sit outside. Yeah. But even irrespective of the weather, in the northern parts of Pakistan as well, even if the weather is really cold, they will always barbecue uh, because they love to fuse um, really good mutton fat into the meat. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way of staying warm as well. So they kind of cooked meat with fat but on the grill Mm. so yeah we know indian subcontinent food as savory i don't know the desserts that you describe in your book tell me about those well i think that everyone kind of thinks that the desserts are an appendage to a meal and you know after you've had that really super heavy south asian meal of curries and naan breads and pakoras the last thing you can think about is having something sweet 
And it's funny because in our culture, there is no dessert culture as the last course in a meal. The The dessert culture is very much based on celebrations or festivities um, or when something, a happy occasion. So happy occasion will ask, you know, sort of come to a situation where you would actually exchange sweets. So, you know, you've had a baby or you've passed an exam or something like that. You take over a box of sweets, uh-huh. uh, what we call mitai. Um, so they're always little sweet meats made, you know, really quite rich with lots of cardamom, saffron, mm, nuts, pretty. Uh, very pretty, very beautiful colors, um, uh, you know, decorate with silver leaf. So those would be your gifts <clears throat> and you would exchange those gifts with other people. So they'd mm-hmm. give you something and you take them. Mm-hmm. And then when we have big festivities like marriages or big Eid, like Eid's a big celebration mm-hmm. for us, um, we will have loads of halvas, so loads of desserts eaten with tea. Or when you, people come over to your house, you would serve them a bowl of, you know, carrot halva or samaya, which is a roasted vermicelli in milk with saffron. So, you know, you'd give them things like that. So it's all about, irrespective of a meal or anything, it's actually just a a guest yeah. offering. Yeah. Uh, so really very much about that. And it's it's I think it's been sort of missed. Um, the whole dessert culture has been missed from the South Asia. And so that's what I've tried to write about. But I think that there is a whole, you know, I think it's that guilt-free indulgence of enjoying sweets and and not think, and thinking beyond the fact that, oh, it's too much sugar or this. You just kind of enjoy it because it's, it is a treat and it is to be treated as one. But it doesn't mean that it should not be celebrated and it should not be written about or spoken about because, you know, soon we'll lose all the things that gave us pleasure if we don't write about them, yeah. or if we don't speak about them or share the recipes. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite one would have to be uh, Gajar Kahalva, which is Carrot Halva. And it's one that I think reminds me a lot about my grandmothers, about my grandmothers, because they both made it so differently. And it came a lot from where they grew up parts of obviously in those days they, they migrated to Pakistan in 1947 both families my, my dad my mom's so I'm not an original what I would say the people that lived in what makes up Pakistan today so they were the the, the migrants from mm. in British India so my uh, my maternal grandmother came from uh, the side Amritsar side so not far from Lahore and my uh, paternal grandparents came from Uttar Pradesh from Lucknow so they sort of all decided to move it was very difficult and it was very terminus time but they decided to move to Karachi and they all turned up in Karachi which is the southern port um, and uh, they sort of live there and you know they made their life but then a lot of their heritages are very different from cooking so the the, the Punjabi way of cooking gajar halwa is very different from the UP way of co- cooking gajar halwa so I kind of had these two different family recipes and uh, it was great growing up learning about them because obviously they were so different but they kind of I took influences from where I grew up which was the Sindh province which has its own way of making it Um, so it was interesting how I fused all those together but the one in the book um, is very special because it's my grandmother's it's my 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 paternal grandmother's recipe and I I always love that because it always reminds me of you know Eid festivals and stuff Uh, sadly I feel that you can never replicate that recipe to the, the way it's meant to be because the carrots in the British Isles are not exactly like the ones in Pakistan uh, because they're very, very red and very sweet back there. But um, they, you know, with the orange carrots, you can still make it happen. So it's loads of carrots grated and they cook down in lots of sugar and cream. <laughs> and, and, and and they just kind of, you know, they, 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 in a way they kind of get concentrated uh, and they reduce down to this what halva, which is, you know, just a very concentrated, can make a halva out of anything. Um, and it's a very concentrated mass of sweetness and that's what it is do you feel now that you've come to live in scotland you've been living in scotland since 2015 uh yeah 
Does it feel like you've become a little bit of a sort of a guardian of your Pakistani heritage? I, I think so. And I think Scotland's a wonderful country because it's a country that makes you feel at home and it welcomes you. I live in Glasgow and there's a huge Pakistani population of people there. So I feel quite, you know, I can get all my ingredients and everything. And I kind of feel I feel at home and I feel that I'm kind of here to speak for Pakistani heritage food, but kind of like to keep how Scotland has affected my cooking because obviously the produce is different here mm-hmm. um, and I find that I like to use the recipes and the heritage recipes that I learned to use them with the produce in Scotland so mm-hmm. kind of making it my own little space of Scotland Pakistan together mm-hmm. so yeah definitely I feel like it's a great place to to kind of become a person who speaks for the country or yeah. the flavours of the country anyway. And, and very often you know people who immigrants who come to a new country feel more um, sort of loyal and more akin to their their old country than they did while they were actually there. Did you feel that? Absolutely. I think today I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I if I hadn't moved um, to the UK. Because when I moved, the first thing I felt was I mean I always loved my food, but I never defined it as Pakistani food. It was just my food that I grew up. My mum cooked, and everybody I knew cooked. And when I moved to the UK, the first thing I noticed was there's no one defining Pakistani food as its own individual flavour. And and that, that was kind of what hit home because I didn't taste the flavour of home in places when I went out to eat. And I wondered why, and I kind of contemplated why is it that Pakistan doesn't have a definitive flavor that's it has a definitive flavor but it's never been voiced or spoken about and it kind of got my patriotic um patriotic bits and me kind of riled up and I said right that's it someone's going to speak for the flavor and I think it was a difficult journey because lots of people thought it was the same as other South Asian food but every part of South Asia or every part of big countries or places that make up in you know unique sort of flavors um have individual flavors and they come from history from migration from the the local indigenous people living in those areas um and i think in the borders that surround mm. them mm. and that's why i felt the pakistan voice and i really felt that i needed to speak about the food because it spoke about a whole lot of people that never really got much recognition with an individual flavor mm. Um, and that's and I feel like I'm suddenly this person who's patriotic. And I was and my, I think my parents were the first ones to say, you were never that patriotic when you lived in <laughs> yeah. Pakistan. And I was like, well, yes, because I feel I have an identity and I need to preserve it because we are where we come from. And no matter where you live, your roots are always ones that you hold on to. Yeah. And it's only when you're out of the, that space that you feel the need to put your roots down again and, and find them. Because people, I think, travel so much through India, there's this explosion of modern Indian cuisine, which is very much about areas in in India. So Goan food, for example, you know, people will go to Rajasthan and they will want the food from Rajasthan to kind of connect back with, with travels. Is that the same for Pakistan? Or, you know, do you have different food from different areas in Pakistan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the food around the country, starting from where I grew up, was very southern, very coastal, lots of seafood, lots of barbecue food, lots of hot, very heady spices. And the region, Sindh, is very well known for, um, you know, really incredible cooks that sort of went back into some Babylon times when cooks used to be taken from Sindh because they knew the way to infuse spice into things like biryani and rice and stuff like that. So there's definitely a very individual flavor of that region, very influenced by Gujarat because we're very, very close. So there's a lot of Gujarati food that sort of seeps into the Sindhi culture. But then if you go to the Lahore side, which is bordering um, 
Amritsar, you'll see lots of sort of mirroring flavors of Punjabi cuisine. So lots of, you know, fresh um, greens and, you know, deep fried breads and, and loads of curries. Mm. And if you go up north and you kind of travel through up to the top where the uh, Hindu Kush mountains are, mm. uh, the flavors are totally different. There's loads of Central Asian flavors there because obviously it's very bordering on that. And also that's the part of the spice route. So there's tons of things like dump. So Chinese influences as well. So dumplings, noodles, soups, um, no chili, no spice, just salt and a little bit of pepper, yeah. maybe fresh herbs that grow locally, loads of apricots and walnuts. Mm. And they eat in you know, cook in walnut oil and apricot oil. So there's a totally different cuisine. Mm. And if you go to um, slightly more on the on the Balochistan border, which is, you know, bordering Afghanistan, again, you'll have the very Persian flavors coming in. So you'd have all this saffron and rice and spit roast, you know, this, the typical kind of Persian big um, spit roast with bellies full, you know, big goats full of belly with rice, bejeweled rice and all that. So very much that. Amazing. But very, very simple flavors. So there's a whole variant of flavor. Mm. And sadly, there's there's not a lot of tourism in the country in you know the, the more remote areas but there is there's a whole lot of cuisine that's you know even I don't know all the parts of Pakistan that they, they have so many different recipes that every single day I learn something new I feel a television series coming on <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to delicious magazine's extra portion you can find out much more about all things delicious at the website deliciousmagazine.co.uk and while you're there do subscribe and get every podcast delivered free to your podcast app Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 